0: Good morning again to you. Happy New Year again as well. Um, My name is John Warnock. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Dogwood, and we are glad that you're here to bring in the new year. Um, How many of you know somebody that just doesn't get it in life? You know what I mean by that? They just don't get it. I mean, we've all, and and maybe all of us really are probably that way sometimes. I can remember some of you guys that that are from Atlanta or have been around here for a while. Um, You might remember back to. Uh, the Olympics when they, were, when they were coming in 1996 and a couple years leading up to that. And uh, we were all excited about it. The United States was excited about it. About it, Maybe the world was excited. I don't know. But people were trying to buy tickets. And the way that you had to buy tickets was is there were certain numbers that you had to call. There was a number that you called if you lived in the United States. And there was a number that you called if you lived um, outside of the United States. So this uh, lady calls, um, and we'll name her Sarah. I don't have a clue what her name is, but we'll, we'll name her Sarah. Um, she calls the United States number to say, hey, listen, I want to buy tickets to the such and such an event at the uh, Summer Games, and the operator who picks up the phone, um, we'll call him Bob, don't know what his name was, but we'll call him Bob, Bob says, okay, um, where do you live? And so Sarah says, well, I live in New Mexico, and Bob stops her and says, well, I need to give you a different number because you don't live in America, and she said, well, but I live in New Mexico. And Bob says, I don't care if you live in Old New Mexico or New Mexico, you've got to call the international number. Bob just didn't get it. <laughs> or maybe think about when, um, when Lindsay and I were moving a, a couple of years ago, uh, we had some, some equipment that made some stuff in our house work. I won't say exactly what it was because I don't want to say the company's name. But there was equipment in our house that made some of our stuff work to be able to access things. And uh, when we were moving, we had to cancel that contract and move, and the company said, hey, listen, we need all of our equipment back, or we're going to charge you $399. And I said, fine, be glad to get get it back to you, let me know how to to best do that. And they said, well, we'll be glad to send you a box. We'll mail it to you. I said, okay, look, here's our new address, send me the box, I'll put the stuff in there, I'll wrap it nice and good so it doesn't get messed up, and I'll send it back to you. Well, I forgot about it. Weeks passed, maybe a month passed or two, and um, I get a bill in the mail. So these people had my correct address. Get a bill in the mail for like $399. And so I call and say, hey, um, I got this bill. Um, Y'all were supposed to send me a box so that I could send you your equipment back. We need to work something out. And, you know, the lady starts looking through the account. And to make a long story short, um, she says, well, we need our equipment back. And I said, okay, I'll get it back to you, but I need you to give me a way to send it back to you. And she says, well, I see where we ordered a box to be sent to your house. And I said, yes, and I never got one of those. I got your bill, though. So, what can we do? And she said, well, I don't know. And I said, I got an idea. How about you send me another box? And she says, sir, you're no longer of customers of ours anymore. We can't send you a box. And I went, okay, this isn't going to work. Or how about my buddy who, he was flying, and he, he landed wherever it was he, was he was flying to, and he got off his plane goes to baggage claim, and he waits around baggage claim, you know, those little belts that all your luggage goes around, right? Okay, so he's there, and he's watching all of the luggage go around, and his is not there. So everybody else gets all their luggage, the baggage, the, the luggage thing is now empty. It's clear his is not there. So he goes over to customer service, and he says, hey, listen, I just got off of flight number 23, and I've been waiting here at baggage claim, all the bags came out, but mine's not there. And the guy looks up and goes, well, has the plane landed? And you go, so there's people in our world that just don't get it, right? And you're going, all right, come on. Okay, so here's the reality. In some, in some way, shape, or fashion, we all don't get it about something. I actually love those stories. If you ever want to tell those kind of stories, call me up. Let's go have coffee. I'll laugh at myself too because I can tell you stories of me not getting it. But, but here is, here's one thing that I want to make sure that we as a church don't miss as we start 2017. There's something absolutely important that you and I as followers of Christ need to not miss. We don't need to be guilty of not getting um, growing spiritually. You know, this time of year, some of us like making New Year's resolutions, some of us don't, some of us hate them because we never keep them, but regardless of where you are on that spectrum, most of us do think about, well, what can I do to grow just a little bit? What can I do different? And so we think about our family life or our work life or we think about you know, getting better healthy. healthy, And so, I want to make sure that we don't miss the opportunity to grow in our walk with Christ. Now, about a week and a half ago, I was um, in a little car wreck. We got a little picture of what happened to the back of my car. I think it's going to come up there. So, um, yeah, it can go up there. Um, so, I was in the little Miata and an F-150 ran into the back of me. You can tell that my car didn't win that fight. So um, I, I'm, I'm standing outside the car. The, the paramedics get there, and I tell them that I hit my head, and they are like, okay, well, you need to sit down. So I sat down. He, The guy holds my neck until they can get the, the collar of shame on me, um, and then they put me on that little uh, board to make sure that your back's not moving or anything like that. And they put me in the ambulance. And so I'm pretty sure, and you could tell based on that record, it, it probably wasn't life-threatening. And I was laying in there going, okay, I don't think I'm really going to die at this point. But I did start thinking about, man, this could have been a lot worse. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. And, I, and I, there was things that I was thinking like, all right, you know, I wish Lindsay was here. She did get there pretty quickly. Um, and I, and, but other things that I thought about was how did I do? If, if this was the end, if this was it, how did I do? I mean, when I get to heaven, is God going to say, well done, good and faithful servant? Or is he going to be like, man, you're like the guy who didn't know the plane had landed, right? That's not the words that I want to hear from God. And so I want to give you five quick questions that you can, ask, that you are excuse me, five quick choices that you can make and that I can make that will accelerate our spiritual growth. And then after we go over those five questions or five choices, um, we're going to take a little assessment together. Now, don't don't panic. It's not a test. It's an assessment. It's going to be something that you use um, for your own spiritual growth. You're not turning it in or anything like that. So don't panic. Everybody stay with me, okay? All right, so there's five choices first that you and I can make. And the first is this. The first choice is to choose to believe that God actually wants you to grow spiritually. Choose to believe that God wants you to grow spiritually. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 through 15 says this, Until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature... And full grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. Then we will no longer be like children, forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something different or because someone has cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth. Instead, we will hold to the truth and love, becoming more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. God wants you to grow, God expects us to grow. This, this passage says that we're to be mature in the Lord. God is, he's laying out for us. He's saying, listen, my expectation is that you are to grow. He says, we're no longer going to be like children. Now listen, acting like a child when you're five years old, that's not bad, is it? Right? Because you're five. But if I was 42 years old, I am 42 years old. If I still acted like a five-year-old, you would go, man, you got, this guy's got a problem, right? It's, it's bad for a 42-year-old man to act like a five-year-old. Listen, as followers of Christ, it's bad for us. It's not healthy for us to act like infants in Christ. We need to grow. God wants us to grow. Consider 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. You are doing this already and we encourage you to do so more and more. Choose to believe that God wants you to grow, that he expects us to grow. But there's a second choice that you can make, and it's this. Be intentional about growing spiritually. Be intentional about growing spiritually. If you want to succeed at anything in life, you have a way better chance of succeeding if you actually have a plan, right? I mean, so if you wanted to run a 5K or a 10K, and you knew that race was a month from now, you could go about living life as you are right now, not exercising or not doing those things, and then waking up on the morning of the 5 or 10K and getting out there and running it. And some of us maybe could do that. But most of us would be hurting by the time the first K is over, right? And we'd be passed by the 90-year-old man who's, who's running or speedwalking past us, right? We don't want to be that. We, wanna, we would want to train, right? So you go and you get an app that says, I want to run from, or I the, from the couch to the 5K in 30 days or something like that, right? And I'm not promoting that app necessarily. I'm just saying, it's a plan. And if you follow that plan, you have a way better chance of succeeding in that 5K race, right? Why? Because you followed a plan. It's the same thing spiritually. We need to have a plan. And here at Dogwood, you may have not even realized this, but we do have a plan to help you grow spiritually. It's called the Dogwood Journey. Here's, here's what that looks like. It, we call the first seminar, Belong. It's choosing to be a member of Dogwood and be in the habit of fellowshipping with other believers. But there's a, the second part of that spiritual growth plan is growing. It's choosing to begin the, the practice and the habits of spiritual growth, such as being a part of a life group, giving generously or spending time with God, learning how to do that. We have a seminar called the Grow Seminar. It's to help you grow and have that plan. Then there's the third seminar, which is, we call it the serve seminar. And in the serve seminar, you learn about how God wired you. You learn about your spiritual gifts. And you learn about opportunities for you to exercise those gifts here on the Dogwood campus and around the world. And the fourth step in that growth process is the share seminar. And in the share seminar, you learn about how to share your faith with other people and to to do that where you live work and play and then we do that all in the context of worship again that's called the dogwood journey there's information um, in your bulletins uh, about that but the next opportunity for those classes comes at the end of January January 29th I believe it is Um, sign up be a part of that it will help you to grow spiritual it will give you a plan from the couch to the 5k it will give you the plan but there's a third choice that you need to make and it's this. Don't go it alone. Don't go alone. Growing spiritually is done best with other people. If he, excuse me. Hebrews chapter 10. Verses 24 and 25. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 says, Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. This passage speaks about a lot of things, but one of the things it says is that make sure you're going through life and growing spiritually with other people. How do you do that? Maybe if you're married it's with your spouse. You and your spouse, y'all grow together, you pray together, you read the Bible together, you have discussions about what God is teaching you together. If you're not married you can find an accountability partner. You do those same questions with them. Or if you're not a part of a life group, get a part, become a part of a life group and dig in and grow and study God's word together. Don't go it alone. You have a way better chance of growing if you go through life with other people. But there's a fourth choice that we can make and it's this, is to choose to agree with God about our sin. Really agreeing with God about our sin is the first step. It's it's really about becoming a follower of Christ first and foremost if you're not one of if you're not one of us already, if you're not yet a follower of Christ. But then after salvation, it's about it's about keeping in a right relationship with Him. Well, how do we do this? Well, it's it's simple yet sometimes hard for us because we have to admit our sin and confess our sin. And and many of us don't like to admit that we're wrong. But first John 1 9 says that if we confess our sin, he is faithful. To forgive us, and when we are forgiven, it is free. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I, was, I think I was in high school. Uh, my my dog and I, we were playing in the in the family room, and I was throwing a toy across there. She was running; it was a big in her. and she would run across the room and come back. and I threw it, and she hit the coffee table and knocked over a little statue about this big that my mom really, really, really liked. And when that thing got knocked over, the head snapped off. Now I was home alone at that point. And so I put the dog toy away, I put the dog upstairs, and I went, what in the world am I going to do? And so I got out the glue. And so I was sitting at the kitchen table, and I heard the car pull in, and I went, oh my goodness, I'm a dead man. <laughs> Thankfully, it was my dad who walked in the door. And my dad went, son, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing. And he came and looked, and he went, good luck with that. And he kind of went on and <laughs> did whatever he was doing. And so I worked really hard And I got that head put on just right And glued the little pieces back together And put it back on the table Years later Seriously, years later My mom was cleaning Now she cleaned way more than that But for whatever reason, this day (laughs) Y'all know her, all right? Those of y'all that know her She cleaned way more than that But she realized And she realized what happened I was in college at this point Came home And she said, John What? Tell me about my statue Now truth be told I didn't think much about the statue Throughout all of those years But I did think about it periodically When that table would get knocked Right And I'd look at it and I would feel guilty About this statue and me not telling what had happened Well thankfully it had been years that had happened And so she was like it's not a big deal I forgive you it's no big deal Do you know what Even though I didn't even realize that I was that bothered by it Do you know how freeing it was for my mom to say it was no big deal it was way free. It felt good to know that it was okay, that my life wasn't going to end because I wrecked her statue. It felt good. Now, listen, on a, that's a small scale, small taters thing. You think about the big stuff that I've done in my life, and, to, and for God to be able to say, John, it's okay, I forgive you. It's okay, I forgive you. I paid the price for you already, actually. Free. So we confess our sin. But there's a fifth choice that we need to make. It's this. Is that we need to let Jesus live in and through you. Let Jesus live in and through you. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The Christian life really isn't something that we try to do where we try to be more like Jesus. It's really more about giving up and letting Jesus live in us. Some of you need to make the the choice now to become a follower of Christ. You can do that and let God live in you. You can do that right now by simply praying and asking God to be your leader. In other words, you're giving him complete control of your life and asking him to be your forgiver. In other words, you're saying, God, forgive me of my sin. You don't need me to pray that prayer for you. You can tell God that in your own words. If you do pray that prayer, I ask that you'd let us know about it. On the back of your communication card, there's a box that you can check that says, Today I became a follower of Christ. Let us know because our church exists to help you grow as a follower of Christ. But for those of us who are already followers of Christ, it's not so much about trying harder. But it is about turning it over and saying, God, I need you to do this for me. We make that choice. And when we make those five choices, our spiritual growth will be accelerated. We will grow. Now listen, we have a tool that we want to give you this morning. If you're seated on the left-hand side of the aisle or close to that, if you'll look over in the offering baskets for most of them, um, don't pass the basket, but but inside there, you'll find a little booklet or a stack of booklets that look like this. If you will take those booklets out, leave the basket, take the booklets, and pass a booklet down so that everybody on your row has one of the booklets now as those are being passed down let me give you a couple of instructions because most of you are probably like me and you're going to start flipping through and trying to figure out what all's in there now i'm going to ask you not to do that and let me walk you through together how to do it now again you could do this on your own at home i got it you could but we want to do it together all right so here's what i want you to do um And also, as a reminder, again, this isn't something that we're turning in today. This is something you're going to take home. You might can choose to use it with your accountability partner or with your spouse. You might can choose to use it with your life group. But for right now, it's for you. Again, you're not turning it in to us uh, as a church staff or anything like that. Here's what I want you to do. Turn to page four to a page that looks like this. Now, the, the page numbers are on the bottom right or the bottom left of the page. is kind of in the little seam if you're looking for the numbers. But page four is what you're looking for. At the top of the page, it, sp- it says spiritual health assessment. And then you should have a whole bunch of numbers, like one through five listed out a bunch of times. Everybody there? Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you about, about eight to ten minutes Music's going to start playing in just a few moments. We're going to give you about eight to ten minutes to answer each question and circle the number that most represents you. So, for instance, you'd read the first question that says this, how I live my life shows that God is my highest priority. You'd circle a one if that doesn't describe you at all, or you'd circle a five if that generally describes you, or if you're somewhere in between, the two, three, and the four. Now, let me give you one other little hint on this. Some of us would never, ever, ever give us a perfect five in anything, Right? Five doesn't mean perfect. Five means generally it describes you, okay? So it's okay to give yourself a five every once in a while. You should. Now, after you get done circling all the numbers on that page, don't turn the page anywhere else, but you can give yourself a total. For the worship total, you'd add up the numbers that in, are in the worship section. You'd add up the four and the three and the five and the one and the two. Does that make sense? Whatever you circled. And you'd give yourself a total on the worship. Then you'd do the same thing for fellowship. If you get bored and you're done... Play tic-tac-toe with your neighbor, play thumb war, do something, but please don't go anywhere else in the book. Is that, is that a deal? All right, we're going to give you about eight to ten minutes uh, to, uh, to work through these questions and circle them and total them up. All right, we'll cue the music. Some of us don't do math a lot anymore. All right, if you've not finished, um, you'll, have, you'll have an opportunity to finish this afternoon for sure. But let me, let me tell you what to do next. First, take your pen. Right out next to the word fellowship, belong. Remember we talked about Dogwood, the Dogwood journey? I want to make sure that y'all are making the connection to what we're already doing here at Dogwood in terms of helping people to grow spiritually. Right out next um, to discipleship, you're going to put the word Grow. Right out to the next to the word ministry there on that same page, you're going to put the word serve, and out out next to evangelism, you're going to put the word share, all right? Because we want, again, we want you to see the connection to Dogwood's spiritual growth plan. Now, if you've got your totals for your, your worship total, your fellowship total, your discipleship total, your ministry total, your evangelism total, here's what you're going to do next. You're going to take that number for worship, so whatever that number is, let's say it's 25, you're going to take it. And on the back outside cover, which is also page 25, you'll see a, a sheet that looks something like this. I know you can't see mine, but it says at the top, spiritual health plan four, and then a blank for you to write your name in. Okay? So you'd write your name in there, and then on the there's a left-hand column where it says purpose or purposes, what purposes are out of balance. So you under worship, you'd write how I scored myself and you'd put your number there, whatever that number was. 21, 25, 27, 5. Doesn't matter whatever your number was. You're, you're going to put that number there. And then you're going to do the same thing for fellowship. You're going to turn back to page 4. Whatever your number was for fellowship, you're going to put it back on your fellowship and go how I scored myself. Write your number down. Then the same thing for discipleship. Turn back to page 4. You're going to look at that number and go, okay, their total there was 23. So I'm going to write that in as how I scored myself. Under ministry, you're going to look at that number. Write it on how you scored yourself. And then under evangelism, look at your number and write it down on how you scored yourself there. Okay. You should have looking at page 25, looking in the left-hand column, column that says purposes, and you've now scored yourself in some of those areas. Uh, And so what I want you to think of now is is there is there a particular one of these purposes that you would say, you know what, I'd like to grow in that area a little bit. Now. Some of us might go, you know what, I need to grow in all five of the areas, okay? Honestly, I do too, but let's just pick one. Let's make it so where we can, you know, keep at least part of our New Year's resolution. We are going to grow. If we go after all five, chances are we won't get any of them, so we're helping you to get a plan on one of them. Then you can tackle another one later. But in which of the five purposes, worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, or evangelism, do you want to see yourself grow in a little bit? Put a star next to that. That's going to be where you're going to have a little bit of homework because I want to show you how to use the rest of it. So, we're going to pretend that everybody in here wanted to grow in the area of worship for the purpose of worship. So, I'm going to show you how the rest of this book works. So, again, we're going to pretend we all wanted to grow in worship. I'm starring that. Now, I want you to turn to page six in your books. At least I think it's page six. I'm going from memory. Yes. On page six, you should have a a page that's kind of grayed in a little bit. At the top, it says worship. You'll then notice the assessment questions that went under the title worship are all listed there for you. Now, the next step in our homework is going to be this. Find just one of those questions that you would go, you know what? This one question, I need to grow in. I need to grow in this one question. It could be any one of those. Any one of those questions is going to help you to grow overall in the purpose of worship. But just pick one. Let's just, for the sake of the illustration for this morning, let's say the assessment question that we wanted to get better or to grow in is the second question listed there that says, I am dependent on God for every aspect of my life. Put a star next to that one. If that's the one that you are going to choose to grow in and make your plan to start off of. Then out next to that question, there are three steps, three things that you can do. One is an easy one. It's called a crawl step. It says, wake up with a prayer of thanks to God every morning. That's, that's relatively easy. But on your phone that wakes you up in the morning, you can set it a, a reminder two minutes later that will flash on your screen. Don't forget, say a quick prayer to God. That's an easy crawl step. Each one of us could do that. It doesn't take much time. The next thing that we could do, though, is the walk step. And this is, Read through the Psalms. Note all the times the writer of the Psalms talks about his dependency on God. How do those words describe your own dependence on God? It takes a little bit more effort, but that's that's another step that you could take, a walking step, to grow in the area of worship. And then after you've done that step, you're going to want to do the run step, which is fast from food or from some object which you normally depend on. Now, on the next couple of pages right behind page six, there's a couple of other resources listed there for you to help you in the area of worship. If you'll turn the page one more time to page nine, you'll see the heading changes. It no longer says worship, it now says fellowship. So if you needed to, to grow in the, in the purpose of fellowship or belonging, you would go to that page, and you, identi- you would identify one of those questions. And then you'd look at the crawl, walk, and run step. And then you'd go back to page 25, and you'd write in what you need to do. What's the crawl step that you're going to do? What's the run step that you're going to do under the practices on page 25 next to worship? And then we do encourage you to, to share this information with a partner, your spouse, an accountability partner, maybe your life group. And then there's a space there for you to write down notes on your progress. Now, you might need to find another spiritual journal or a book to do that in. But does this make sense, how, how to use this? It should be pretty easy. I hope that it is. If you've got questions, you can ask me or any of our staff. will help you uh, after the service. We'll, we'll walk you through that. But listen, we encourage you to do this. Our church exists to help people become followers of Christ, but not just become followers of Christ, to grow in their relationship with Christ. That's why our mission statement is to make more and better Christ followers who love God and love people. We take that very, very seriously here. And so we encourage you to join us this year in the year of 2017 and making this a year where we together grow spiritually so that we can make an impact here in this community and around the world. Let me pray for us, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this morning. The opportunity that you have given us to gather to worship you. Lord, an opportunity also to be challenged, to grow in our walk with you. And so, Lord, I pray for this church family, for Dogwood Church, that you would help each and every one of us and help us as a church to grow in these five purposes. Lord, help us to take these cross steps and these walk steps and these run steps and that we would see some growth that would give us encouragement. all of this so that we can lead more and more people into your kingdom here and around the world and it's in your son's name we pray